big U.S. Army has been attacked by land, by air, and now by shore. He's been given a thousand regulations. Hey, give me push up! All the way up and down, eh? And he's out to break every one of them. Hot wheels! Get a hold of yourself, soldier. Can I call you General Sweet Pants? <laughs> Polly Shore. You a funny boy, huh? Abuda, buda, buda. In the Army Now, rated PG. You are listening to Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. Hi there. How's it going? And if you couldn't tell from the trailer that we just listened to, we are celebrating Veterans Day today. <laughs> Today's Veterans Day. With a special movie called In the Army Now with Polly Shore. Now, that kind of sounds like we're maybe not celebrating Veterans Day Respectfully, that's <gasps> not the case. That's not the case at all. Love the veterans. Uh, I would say even look good or bad. This movie, I think, is a positive army movie. I think it puts the army in a positive light. So whether or not you like the movie or not, it's not dogging on the army. I'm just saying that. We love yeah. the veterans. Yeah. Shout out to the veterans we know out there. Some I work with. Some family members sure. like uh, your cousin Matt. He's a great guy. Hey, cousin Matt. Our grandparents. Oh, yeah. Well, they're all dead, but... Oh, I mean... (laughs) No, I got one left. (laughs) (laughs) I got one left. (laughs) Is he a veteran? Yeah, he is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, before we jump into uh, the fantastic In the Army Now, Tyler, what have we been watching recently? Well, let's see. We, uh, we've watched, uh, oh, I showed you Black Klansman. I, we, I had seen it in the theater, but you had not watched it yet, so we watched that. I've talked about the movie on the podcast, but what did you think of Black Klansman from Spike Lee? Yeah, Black Klansman is one of those movies that, as you described it, I was sort of struggling with the concept of it and the plot of how, you know, this, like, uh, black guy calls up the KKK. <laughs> right. So the way you were describing it, I was kind of struggling to, uh, visualize it. But, uh, when I had seen it previously. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed watching it. It was very entertaining. It made me laugh. Um, it was interesting and it, it kind of, it was just kind of unnerving to watch some of the scenes as Adam Driver, um, spends time with these people in the KKK that is in the 70s. Um, and then it kind of just turns super depressing and, uh, real at the end. Spike Lee is, when when Spike I I love Spike Lee I, and not every movie obviously is great he he's a, a an adventurous filmmaker to say the least and so but what I've always really liked about him is that he can kind of do this thing where you can he can cross tone cross tones in seemingly impossible ways and I Black Klansman is probably the best one of his better recent examples of just being able to kind of find humor find a lot of entertainment value in a story kind of a procedural police story but then also just like pounding you with the reality of the situation and just hitting you with, like, real trauma. He's got a real knack for kind of being able to do both and, and to give you an experience that is unlike a lot of other uh, experiences. So I really liked it the, sec- the second time. It's definitely one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, I just I think it's one of his best movies. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. Um, the main actor who plays the black cop is played by denzel washington's son john david washington yeah yes he's really good i don't think he really looks like denzel washington but he certainly sounds like denzel and i think it's a sign that we're getting older when you were like oh that's denzel's son and i was like what 
How? How is that possible? I know. That's weird. Because, like, Denzel's old enough to have a grown-ass adult for a son. It's weird. I, you know, when I saw it and I saw it, watching it the second time, I still don't really think he looks like him that much. I don't think he sounds like him that much. But then there's a one key shot at the end of the movie uh, wherein it's doing a very classic Spike Lee type of shot. And he's in the shot. And that's to me when it's like, oh, there's it's like that's Denzel's son. Yeah. Like he looked like him in that moment to me. And I thought that was really cool because yeah. it seemed like it was we were. I, I don't know. I, I just really like that. I, I, I really like this movie is. I think maybe even the last time I talked about there's some things in the script that seem like on the nose, right? Because it's set in the past, but we're talking about things that seem relevant now. And, and quite familiar if you've turned on the TV in the last two years. Right. And so sometimes that script seems like it's like, okay, we know what you're doing. Like, right? Spike Lee, we know you're, you're hitting us over the... But I, I actually, watching it this time, I really appreciate that, what he's doing. I think it's it's very much on purpose. He's setting up these beats of of familiarity and beats of like oh we're gonna like the movie even kind of tries to end on this like wonderful like we beat the bad guys we stopped the kkk only the like and it's almost so broad in that depiction but then it immediately undercuts that and i really like what he's trying to do when he's playing with that so every time even when you have a scene where he's like you know, there's lines of like America first. People are saying these things that we're very familiar with right now, and we're thinking like, okay, like you're clearly making a political statement. Well, of course, Spike Lee's making a political statement, but he's doing it in a really kind of fascinating way through the medium of film. Like he's doing it in a way that he wants you to know that he's pointing it out and being really like on the nose about it in that moment because it matters kind of where he takes it later. It's it's very deliberate. I think it's not just him throwing it in just to incite um, controversy or whatever. So. I I liked I even the things I felt maybe a little iffy on the first time I thought were really solidified and kind of seeing the broader movie again. So, yep. So go rent it or buy it or watch it. Black Klansman. Right, it's great. Um, we watched uh, The Incredibles two. We've talked about this one on the podcast previously as well, but we have it. We watched it as a family. We saw it separately. You took a kid. I took a kid um, to the theaters and see it. We one of our kids didn't mm-hmm. see it, so we watched it. Last night, and it's good, it's solid, whatever. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about just one little part. Our seven-year-old daughter. I love her. But, God, her movie opinions are already frustrating me. <laughs> because she is convinced to the nth degree that Incredibles 2 is better than Incredibles 1. And I'm just like, no, what is wrong? Like, you can't, why do you say that? And I'm. this is not me thinking logically. She's seven. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you think that? That's completely ridiculous. That's, you know, it's just, it's inferior. It's doing the same thing again in a lot of ways. She's like, well, this one was more Jack-Jack and more Elastigirl. And you're just like, oh, yeah, I mean, you're not, I guess that, that's what you like. I guess it's like, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> so I had to, like, concede this, like, Okay, in her mind, yeah, sure. She likes the Jack Jack scenes. There's a lot more Jack Jack. She likes Alaska Girl more than Mr. Incredible, so she liked that more. Okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. So, how, how is it not better than the first one? Well, it's just I think that it. This movie was rushed to completion. It was supposed to come out a year later. They had to flop the release date with Toy Story Four, and I personally, I, I think it's really well made, and I, I kind of like the ambition of some of the story beats. I am not one of these people that think it's just a copy of Incredibles one in a lot of respects i think the third act is not fully realized like they were still working they just had to get something done and get it get it to a climax and i feel like some of the kind of the thematic threads that they were trying to weave a little bit earlier are kind of dropped 
And I wanted more of that in the end because I think the first movie is a really great screenplay. You're getting you're getting a lot. Uh, you know, you you can definitely get like the connections. It's just seamless in that first one. Where this one definitely is a little bit more. Just the, the threads coming loose a little bit in the end. In my, I think so. I disagree with you. Okay, I know that you liked. Um, you wanted the villain to be a little deeper. I well, I like what they set up with the villain. I think there's an there's a there's a dynamic there about why the villain is doing what they're doing that could be explored more. And I, I feel like it kind of gets dropped in the end. Like I kind of liked that it got dropped. And I was just, <laughs> I just have formed this opinion 10 seconds ago. The reason I like that it got dropped is mm-hmm. I think that a lot of villains in our world go out with a grandiose idea that's real philosophical and purposeful and deep but at the end of the day it typically is driven by the dumbest um your uh, i'm blanking on the word but your nuclear family and the issues you have with your parents or your siblings or how things happened when you grew up i think there's so many people in this world that don't let go of things that happen during those core years and the villainous things a lot of I think bad people do is on the based and inspired and driven by the dumbest shit from when they were little and I think this villain like tries at first to be like all philosophical and deep but at the end of the day it's this petty stuff she wasn't able to let go of which wasn't really that petty I mean it's based on like the loss of her parents and stuff like that so really not that petty but it's that like nuclear family stuff that's hard to kind of I think even non-villainous people to let go of and not like let you like hold you back. I could see that. I I I like where your head's at there. That's different than like what the villain villain is initially painted to be, and mm-hmm. that and it, and it is a, a bait and switch. I don't think the like the withholding of who the villain is 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 very well handled though. No, that was kind of goofy. I, I mean, even little kids can kind of fi- kind of figure out like, okay, we know who the villain is here. You know what I mean? What was funny was watching it with our kids the second time and yeah. our three-year-old hadn't seen it, but our five-year-old was like, she's the villain. She's the villain. She's, she's the, bad the bad guy. guy. She's the bad guy. Right. Yeah, I know. So I also appreciate that they made the villain a woman. Well, yeah. Well, okay. And that's the other, I, what I like about the Incredibles too, that, it doesn't get because I've seen some like it's got good reviews. Don't get me wrong, but some of the things that have, people have criticized it about is like this antiquated idea of like a dad being at home with kids. And I personally, I watched the movie and I don't see that antiquated. Like as a stay-at-home dad, like I'm pretty sensitive to stuff like that. I probably talked about this when we first saw the movie, but I just feel like it. it, it, it the experiences that they're showing on screen are not so much like a, a masculine, feminine experience, so much as just being a parent. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I, I just, the, I think the reason why maybe it's unclear to some people is that there could be more work being done there to kind of just drive home the relationship between Mister Incredible and Elastigirl, and kind of building that more because it's it's really well done in the first movie their relationship um and that's where i think like they're separated too much and so we're getting less of like figuring out that conflict and maybe being more clear i personally thought that the depiction of that was really strong but clearly there are i've just i've read a lot of pieces about like this movie being like this old idea old-fashioned idea of like a woman working and a man being at home and i just when i hear that what what do you mean well and it's the move like the incredibles world is kind of set in it seems like a retro world. It's not very clear exactly if it's set in the past or if it's just like a you know a different kind of world. But no, I've read pieces about just like they they feel like the gender politics in the movie are, are 
are lazy um, just because it's Mr. Incredible doesn't like being at home and he's not good at this and he has to learn. I See, to me, I don't think those things are very gender specific in the depiction. I think the Mexican movie does a pretty good job of of avoiding those problems. Yeah. Um, but I, I would agree since that is become a thing, I, I would say that like beefing that up, that relationship between the two might have clarified it is some weird. of that. Why are, why are they separated? Well, she's on an and that and then that like, happens in the first movie a lot too. Mister Incredible is the one that, and that's where the other accusations are of this movie being like the same movie for a while, only inverted. Whereas Mister Incredible is on the island fighting off the things, and then this movie it's Elastigirl chasing after the Screen Slaver while he's at home, and it's but, but it's guess, not that. I mean, I mean, but why why couldn't she come home at night? Well, she was out. Of, she was in a different town. And I think that's... That's annoying. Yeah, well, I know. She had a fast... Right. It's like, oh, it'd be easier if we didn't have to animate her into the family story as well. Well, it's just because her story is... I mean, I, there's a lot going on. I think that the movie's trying to do a lot of things at once, too. So they're trying to do this A story of her figuring out who the screen slaver is and the superhero need to be... And that's... You know, I get it. Like, there's some people that think that, you know, we're repeating, like, hey, we... we in the first movie, we learned that superheroes are okay. And then right at the first beginning of the second movie, they're like, no, they're still illegal or bad. Go back into hiding. So it's like almost a reboot. But then again, I, when I see that, I'm like, yeah, well, that's what sequels do. We reboot things. That's why I would say, like, it's an enjoyable, good sequel, but I'm not going to measure it against the first one. Because it's obviously, as a sequel, in it, it's being a sequel in and of itself is going to make it, like, secondary unless you're really doing something different. But not according to Marion, who's seven years old. But I, I was saying that I, I had to, like, concede her point, which is as a seven-year-old, she liked uh, getting more Jack-Jack action. Because she liked, on the DVD of the first one, it was that Jack-Jack attack where she likes that almost more than the movie, where mm-hmm. she's Jack-Jack's with the babysitter showing off all the power. So, you know, that's what she likes, and you get a ton of that in this movie. But I tell you what, where she's wrong is that she. We, this is this is the second big fight between us in terms of movies because she saw that live action Beauty and the Beast movie, which you continue bringing up. You yeah. gotta let it go, babe. She thinks that that piece of garbage is better than the cartoon, which is just not. It's not even close to being as good. I wonder what movies you were a total dick about when you were seven years old to your parents, and they were like, "This is like a remake of a remake of a remake." I don't know, but we tried to do it right in that we showed her the cartoon first. She didn't see that live action one until she she had seen the animated version. So she would know that, like, hey, these songs, the good songs in that you're liking the live action movie, they come from this cartoon. So don't just like the songs in this one because it's just the same. She's wrong about that. That movie's garish. But then again, we have people our age who, like, love that live yeah, action Yeah, we one. probably have some of you old millennials listening right now. And you know what? You're wrong. It's a hot pile of garbage. All the extra new songs are terrible. Actually, it's probably like the newer millennials. Old millennials are pretty... There are people who are... They're pretty loyal to the originals. I don't know. There are people who are exactly my age that I've seen on social media talking about, it's better. I love it. Hey, no. well, I'm just going to let you know. No. Those people probably aren't the type of people who are listening to this podcast. No. No, no to Beauty. You know why? Because they suck. Hey, if you're listening and you like the new Beauty and the Beast, uh, thanks for listening. But you're wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. (laughs) It's not as good. It's not even close to being as good. And that that goes for all these live action Disney things. Jungle Book, not as good. Uh, What was the other one? Ah, whatever. Who cares? What else have you been uh, watching? You said you're going to talk about one more. Well, okay. There's like two more. Oh, I know what's going to (laughs) happen. The first one I was watching. Ah, So I needed. I needed a I needed a cleanser because this year's uh, rock offerings, The Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson offerings, have been uh, not good. Rampage, not good. Skyscraper, 
easily one of the worst movies of the year. It's terrible. And it was he, Moana technically 2017. That, that was like 2016 now. That's a couple oh, years so ago. So long ago. No, and then so he the junk uh, Jumanji movie was good. He was good in that. But then before that, he was in like that Baywatch movie, which was also awful. It was so bad. And he, I like him in the Fast and the Furious Eight, but that movie's not very good. So, you know, I need a, I needed a, a juice of like good rock because I feel like I'm not getting this year, especially not getting good rock. So I rewatched a movie that I don't think I really cared for the first time, but trying again because people seem to regard it well, and that's Walking Tall, which is the one that's like based on a true story but it's not mm-hmm. where he's like comes into an old town oh doesn't what's his name is johnny that? knoxville's in the thing he comes home i wasn't thinking johnny knoxville who are you thinking this is the one where he has like a two piece of two by four wood where he goes and beats people up which one is he in the jungle with that's the rundown oh yeah that that's one's a good, good one well yeah that one's okay. good but see walking tall is around that time and it was like the fact-based one about a sh- guy who became sheriff in his town that got over with drugs and a casino guy, and he went with oh, his two-by-four. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So what's notable about it is that The Rock looks completely different. I mean, he like looks smaller? like The Rock. He's smaller. I mean, he's still humongous. Like, he's gigantic in the movie. But then just to know that he's, like, just a beast. Like, he's so big now. It's ridiculous. He's so huge now. I can't even get over it. But he's, like, smaller version in this, but it's still gigantic, so it's weird. So then when he kind of gets in a fight with, like, Neil McDonough, he gets his leg hurt a little bit. So it's a little bit more convincing that he's having to tussle a little bit with this guy who's clearly weaker than him. But it's still – that's my main problem with rock movies. He's always fighting guys. I don't believe the fight because I'm just like – he would just throw that guy across, like, 50 feet and the fight would be over. Mm -hmm. Even if he didn't have a leg or whatever, like in Skyscraper. But, um, yeah, it's a weird movie. It is, like, this thing that's trying to be, like, this true story. But it's, like, clearly just trying to get to, like, the parts where the rock beats people up. So you have this strange, like, even though, like, the true story aspect of it is mostly, like, completely fabricated or exaggerated, but what a bizarre, like, 2000s era movie. We could do a whole sequel podcast about, like, these 2000, early 2000s movies. We have, we can dig into, like, 2002, but this is, like, maybe 2004? Mm. It's a, we were making weird movies <laughs> back around then. Johnny not Johnny Knoxville's not, I, Johnny Knoxville's fine. He's never been, I don't, I've never really disliked him in any movie. He's fine. It's just a weird movie. Okay. He gets to, he gets, he hits some people though and I did got. Did he own this movie? Yeah. Why? eBay, eBay, baby. Wait, did you like recently go buy this movie? Yeah, I got it for like $2 on eBay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I but love like, getting them. But like why? Because I wanted to watch it. And I didn't uh, want to, if I'm going to rent it digitally for two ninety nine, and I can get the DVD for one ninety nine, why don't I just get the DVD? Lord, <laughs> what else are you going to talk about? Well, I want to talk about Miami Connection, but you fell asleep and you hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last night after, what were we doing last night? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what were we doing? We, last did night? we watch in the army now last night? No, that was a couple nights ago. Was it? Yeah. Why did I fall asleep? I don't know. You're tired. We were going to record this podcast last night. We watched Incredibles 2. The kids oh, I know. Late. Oh, we watched Incredibles 2. Oh, yeah. We, I got we, a rumbly tummy. We ate way too much pizza. Mm-hmm. You got an ouchy tummy. I got a rumbly tummy. That and then while the I was hurt. waiting for your tummy to stop hurting so we could record this podcast. Right. Oh, your tummy hurt. Rumbly tummy. I fell asleep on the couch. Yep. But before, I, tur- I turned on... So Pluto TV. <laughs> what is Pluto TV? Tyler? It's like a, it's like an app that you have on like your smart uh, TV, or it's like on your phone. You can get the app, but it's like TV 
only like it's not TV. It's like a bunch of channels that are like not channels you ever heard of, but it's a ton of channels. Like there's a channel called Hell's Kitchen where it's just old episodes of Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen. Fantastic. There's a whole channel of there's there's a couple movie channels they play the same ten movies or whatever. There's some game shows. Oh, that's a new channel. It's like Buzzer, oh my and that's God. like 24 hours of game shows, but not like how the Game Show Network just been basically started running like Deal or No Deal all the time. They like are really they're like from the 60s and 70s old game shows like Match Game 75s on there and some terrible games, but also some like good ones, and I love it. Supermarket Sweep from the 90s. That's what I like to watch. Supermarket Sweep. Mm-hmm. I keep like I was asking Ty like Let's go do. I can't remember what we we're doing just yesterday, and you're like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got finished this episode of Supermarket Sweep <laughs> all the way to the theme song. Oh yeah, not the theme song. The the uh, the tagline. The tagline. It's like next time you're in the checkout stand and you hear the beep, 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 beep. Think of the fun you could have on Supermarket Sweep. Yeah, that's that's what I'm living with here. <laughs> Our kids like it, <laughs> but but do they? Well, I mean, Ellie was pretty excited. He was like, "Hey, mom, do you want to go to this place where you like cat gets all some money and groceries? You get a giant uh, caffeine free Diet Pepsi inflatable thing that has a two hundred dollar bonus prize on it." I, okay, I, this show. I don't <laughs> I don't understand this show. <laughs> Do they break the rules down in the beginning? Why? No. Okay, because like if I'm going <laughs> to no. fill my cart up, right? Why wouldn't I just fill it with the most expensive things? Is there a limit okay. on the number of chuck roasts I can yes. get? Yes. So they when frequently do they share those rules? Frequently, the the voiceover announcer when they're shopping and putting things in there, they will say like, "Oh, she got the allotted five of the chuck roasts." They're limited to like five of certain things. Now, my theory is there's a whole lot of different rules that we're not informed about. Seems because, like it because you'll see them go through and they're buying like they're throwing like five giant boxes of Tide in it's always goddamn Tide okay so it's Tide but they have like the other brand like a yeah. all or whatever yeah. and they'll use that in like questions or like as like grocery based questions but like I know you can get a limit of five of those but like and they're, if they're so valuable why can't you get five alls and why wouldn't you do that or do they I think there's a list of things that they, they, they can't and Tide's the most expensive and there's certain things like the end caps where there's like Pepsi and stuff like that they're not allowed to like touch that because no one ever touches that I know that wouldn't be very good and like Huggies it's always like Huggies or not Pampers like or Pampers or not Huggies there's a weird like and I think I'm sure they're told like which ones are valued more or yeah, whatever the sponsors yeah so it's all sponsorship based I'm sure but like imagine having to go through there and try to remember all this stuff it's fascinating the other fascinating thing about watching supermarket sweep we're not talking about this but i was talking about pluto tv um is that a lot because it's it's from several years like 30 years ago yeah uh a lot of the questions are like some of the products still exist that's great but some of them are just like the questions are just like what are you talking about then it's like something you've never heard of and it's like well this is not a not fun (laughs) like benzo cream and you're like what is that yeah we don't know what it is but sometimes the other stuff. But the the the, um, the sweaters that the host wears are amazing. Ooh, yeah. The hairstyles on the contestants are amazing, and uh, yeah, it's fascinating. And yeah, like I just enjoy watching our kids trying to figure out like what this is. What is this world? What is happening? And I usually just tell them, shh, <laughs> shush up, Daddy's watching just, the supermarket suite. You watch and you figure it out. That's what you do. You learn the rules. I like it much better than Shop Till You Drop, which was like a lamer version with a lot of other dumb rules. They don't air that one on Buzzer, but they used to be together on syndication. Anyway, what was I telling about? Okay, so. Oh my God. <laughs> Pluto TV. What is got, happening? They've got a bunch of movie channels too. And on there last night, they had just started, like, Miami Connection, which is a hilariously awesome, like, 
80s movie that was like rediscovered recently and it's about like a ga- a gang not a gang well yeah kind of a gang um they're they're a positive group they're like you a have of, two minutes to say your bit on miami they're <laughs> they're taekwondo uh, artists a uh, multinational group but they're also rock they're a band so they play in a band but they're also taekwondo artists and there's a lot of fighting in it and it's amazing and there's a great monologue of one guy who's lost his father and he's trying to find his father and it's great and it's one of these great bad movies or whatever. And I tried to get you to be like, oh, you got it. Like, it's, it's amazing. Every sh- Almost every shot or every scene is just some, full of something that's just visually amazing. It's so bad. It's hilarious. That kind of thing. And you just dozed off right away. And I was so mad at you. I know. You kept waking me up. And, like, I don't remember you'd be like, oh, look at this. And I'd be like, uh-huh. Cool, Tyler. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the good news is, is that it is on Amazon Prime. But I, and I looked it up while I was only 20 minutes into the movie and I was like, oh great, I could just go over to Amazon Prime, Chromecast that baby up and just watch it straight. No, I wanted to watch it with the Pluto TV commercials in it because why not? Who are you? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Who hurt you? I don't know. Well, what's great about Pluto TV commercials too is that they're not, um, when they're just movies, they come in at the weirdest times. Like, they'll cut off a sentence to start a commercial. <laughs> Mid-commercial. And then it's just commercial. Then it goes back and you're like, oh, what? <laughs> fessed up. But sometimes you like to flip. Because I, I like it because you can flip between the channels then. And I like Pluto TV. It's fun. You're weird. <laughs> yeah. We'll and do an episode of Miami Connection at some point, probably. Because it's amazing. What year did it come out? 87. Oh, right Ta- in mean, there. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really released Who in did it star? Some people. Some people. <laughs> yeah. Some really great actors. I'm shocked they haven't uh, made a career them their, themselves. That's all I saw. I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> Supermarket sweep. We're going to fast forward to 1994. 94? Yes. I thought for sure this movie was 95. I know. I wrote it on my notes. You're wrong. You're wrong, Tyler. Wow. I didn't know that. I, yeah. My whole world has been Just, thrown upside down. Yeah, probably you were all thrown off from Miami Connection. I No, I mean, I'm think, I'm going back. Like, I've spent years thinking this movie was 1995, and now you're telling me it's 1994? I don't know. i got to rethink I mean, my whole life. Maybe it came out in 1995 on the Berenstein timeline. But on this timeline that we're in right now, 1994. I'm, you know what? I that's what I think. You're, you're right. Okay. Berenstain. It's oh, it's been it's Berenstain, and we know it is. I and mean, they yeah. somehow they changed it on us, and I don't know how they did it, but they did it. I think we'll probably have a whole special podcast on that where we'll we'll dive into that. But today we're going to talk about in the army now. Came out in 1994. I'll throw some other high stats at you. Great. It is rated a really scandalous. PG. I can't believe that actually. That <laughs> that part Why? blows my mind. It well, when he, it doesn't it isn't like full of curse words or anything like that, but it just seems like Polly Shore movie needs to be like PG-13 or higher. Right? I'm trying to think like if there's some inappropriate scenes in there. Well, there's some like dated things that are bad now, but um, Yeah, but is there sex or like killing? There's a little bit of sex talk, but not anything. And there's like some killing, but not like you can't really see it. Way off screen kind Way of. Way off screen. Right. Um it came out August twelfth, nineteen ninety four. Great August release date. Is in that perfect nineties time length of one hour thirty one minutes. Ooh, that extra minute almost blows Ooh, my mind. I would have thought this was exactly ninety minutes. I mean but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um before we talk about the uh, plot and our memories and all of that, let's. Uh, what do you remember? What did you write down? Okay, well, let's let let me go first. Go ahead. Okay, so I don't remember movies as well as you. Okay, fact. 
That's true. Um, so I didn't really remember this movie. You were not excited about. I was real this. mad at you. <laughs> um, looking back now, I think I may be combining this memory with some other boot camp memory uh, army movies or police movies like Police Academy or maybe like Ernest in the Army. I think I combined a whole bunch into one terrible memory. Well, and let's be fair. Like it's not like Polly Shore. His filmography is beloved. <laughs> well, what's weird is that I love. I have a memory mm-hmm. of loving Encino Man. Okay. So then it's weird that now I'll read you my memory. Okay. Um, Polly Shore, for some reason, has to sign up for the army. He gets a haircut. He gets yelled at a bunch by an aggressive boot camp officer. It's supposed to be funny. Polly Shore is obnoxious, and this movie may be the reason that when you say Polly Shore, I feel ugh. P.S. I can't believe Tyler is making me watch this. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So what I wrote down is not. Uh, I know this movie really well, <laughs> but what I wrote down is not. I doesn't seem like that. But I. Yeah. Well, I don't want to waste a bunch well, of time. Well, you. I don't want to embarrass myself. Well, you were writing. Writing. You were like, sh- should I just do like scene by scene? <laughs> I was like, you have thirty seconds. So uh, I said, Polly Shore needs a job, so he joins the army with Buddy Andy Dick or and David Allen Greer. I got that a little fuzzy. He comes. David Allen Greer comes in later. They shave his beautiful hair, and he must learn respect. Luckily, a special mission goes awry. So Polly Shore can be all that he can't be in the army. So Tyler thinks he's got a real good Polly Shore in the army now voice. And, I don't. And he kind of does. <laughs> Almost don't. better than Polly Shore. I don't, but I enjoy doing it. <laughs> it is one of those. It's like once you start, you can't really stop. Right. Okay. So let's let's go back in time a little bit to the great to year of apparently 1994. Not 95. I... Maybe that's when you saw it, though. I this okay so I had not seen Encino Man. I had not seen at this point. I had not seen Encino Man. I had not seen Son-in-Law. Those two largely regarded to be the only worthwhile Polly Shore movies unless we're counting of course a goofy movie in which he only has a small vocal role. Uncredited. It's credited but it's Not according to IMDb. What? Yeah. That's blows my mind. He comes back for the straight to video movie extremely goofy movie and he has more to do in that movie. Okay. By the way. Uh, anyway, his his best movie is a goofy movie because that movie's great. Future episode, a goofy movie, uh, Un- uncredited. I can't believe he's uncredited. That blows my mind. You don't know anything today. That what is blows, happening? Why would you be uncredited? You in got this, the year wrong. Your best movie. <laughs> it's your best movie. Why would you go uncredited? So um, what did come on? I had not. I don't know. I barely know who Paulie Shore is, right? But I'll tell you a little somebody who really liked Paulie Shore. No. Don't say anybody that I know. My father. Oh, <laughs> And I don't think that he would admit this now. I don't think... I didn't ask him. I don't think he wants to even talk about it, because he's telling me... He just saw Black Klansman, too. I didn't feel like it was... Not, hey, by the way, Black Klansman, great. Well, you remember in the army now? But I know. Next time, please do. I will. I would like to know what but, know, he remembers compared to what you remember. This was him. This was not me. I was not the one who was like, let's go see in the army now. He... I went with him. My mom... We went to this movie and he clearly and I, this is when I kind of jogged my memory that we've I must have seen Son-in-Law at home or something like that because I think that's when they were talking about like oh we like Son-in-Law Polly Shore he's funny and so we went to this movie and not only did we go to this movie and see it in the theater but when it would come out and it came out later <laughs> on video my father purchased the laser disc copy of In the Army Now for those 
<laughs> non-old millennials who, you know what? I was no millennial, but we clearly weren't as rich as you. We didn't have oh, Nickelodeon, and we certainly, we certainly did not have a laser disc my, player. My, we, they really liked movies, and we, they just, they wanted to have the best quality. So describe to us. What is a laser disc, and what does it look like, and what is a laser disc player? It was supposed to be the next big thing after VHS. They are giant discs that look like CDs, only they're huge. Like the size of a record? Yeah. And you would have to flip them over halfway through the movie. The, I think the first, maybe one, not the first one, obviously, that one came later, but we had like the Titanic one. That sucker came on like four of those things because it was so long. So you'd have to flip that sucker over and then like flip another one over, take it out. Like, God, it took like four days to get to Leonardo, like getting in the water. But, um, yeah, he, we were, we were always really, we didn't have, we didn't like spend money on, hardly anything but we always had like we got the laser disc right away and right when dvd came out like we got dvd because my he like he was an av sound video we wanted these movies to be as good a quality as we could and so in the army now was one that we 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 had we owned it to the point where i was pretty sure like i triggered of everyone we're watching it now like the moment where we're like, okay, we gotta flip the disc over. You gotta flip the laser. <laughs> Which disc. is usually about like forty minutes. It's like about forty-five minutes for a, a, a ninety-minute movie. Uh, sometimes they would go a little long because usually you could get like an hour out of a disc, maybe like one side. I mean, it's a ridiculous format. But at the time, it was like, ooh, look at the quality, and yeah, okay, you gotta stop in the middle and flip it over. But yeah, my dad. How likes is the this movie. how is the quality of a laser disc compared to a DVD? I I think they're comparable. I, I it's not like vinyl to CD where vinyl actually no. is better. No, <laughs> no, there's no no. no. <laughs> you have a DVD <laughs> player, you're good. You don't need to like go back to the golden days of laserdisc. That's why it's not an issue. If anybody out there uh, has a laserdisc player and actively watches them on there, uh, please let us know. Share over well, at oldmillennialsremember.com. Leave us a comment. Curious. Well, listen, like I I wouldn't begrudge anybody because. You know, like, hey, we're the, the people. We have how many DVDs we have? We have so many DVDs. We're not, like eighteen hundred. We're not. We're not like going out and like upgrading those or buying all digital. No, you just keep your DVD player and you watch them. I know that the quality, the digital picture quality, is so much better now. But like, no, you got. We got these. We're just, we're gonna enjoy what we have. They're good enough. You don't have to like. Same with VHS. People did it with VHS. They held on to their VHS tips a long time. You know, if you have a laser display and you have all, you got Titanic and you don't want to buy Titanic again, why not watch it on your laser disc? Unless you don't want to flip it over nine times. Why not? I don't. I don't judge you. I don't judge you, person out there watching your laser disc. <laughs> no, I just want to. I just want to know. Uh, take a picture of your setup. I'm just curious. I mean, the problem is, is that if it breaks, your laser disc player. Yeah, fuck. Where are you gonna find it? Yeah, fuck. Who's gonna repair it? Like, it's got. I mean, you got issues there. At least DVD people still like use DVDs. Yeah, called you on eBay this movie. That's why they're like $2. I bought In the Army Now for like 2 or $3 on eBay. I love it. Why would I Why would I buy a digital copy or rent a digital copy when I can own a physical copy with a picture of Polly Shore on the cover right into my mailbox a, a full 7 to 8 to 9, 10 days after I purchased it? Why wouldn't I want to do that? Are you like taking pictures of all these in case you know we need an insurance claim or anything? It's going to be hard to replace all these. <laughs> that's a lot of dvds you're purchasing i don't buy, not i used to listen i don't buy nearly as many as i used to i go to the pawn shop and stock up on dvds oh my god three dollar dvds there um so all right well i think we've talked long <laughs> enough about in the army now we haven't talked about it at all <laughs> okay so 
<laughs> my okay, but I want to just continue this real quick before we get into the actual movie. This was so much of a we our household liked Paulie Shore movies enough that we went and saw like the next ones in the theater. We went and saw Jury Duty in the movie theater. Wait, you saw what? Jury Duty. Because it sounded like you said Jury Duty. Well, it's Paulie Shore and it's Jury Duty. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And that one is really wretched, and I think that's the one that my dad was like, all right, I'm done with Polly Shore, because I remember my mom taking me, because we were just kid, still a kid, to, like, Biodome, which was really, like, the last of the Polly Shore what is wide release. It's wretched. <laughs> if you're thinking about bad Polly Shore movies, that is, I mean, before it gets real bad, like, straight to video or whatever, I don't, I don't know what happened after that. But Biodome is an absolutely wretched movie. They're stuck in, like, a Biodome. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a good movie. So the Polly Shore love in our house was strong. Was there Polly Shore love in your house? No. <laughs> it's my, my, never mind. I don't want to insult your parents. <laughs> but. I have a I feeling mean, that they'll deny all of this. I'm like, mean, I didn't like Polly Shore. We all have our guilty pleasures, so I try not to judge. But you know, it, you know what? You know what? Actually, now I'm thinking about it. Yep. Um, at least in this movie, Polly Shore is a very upbeat, lovable, sweet guy, and your dad kind of has that sort of not like Polly Shore personality, but he is very like optimistic, upbeat kind of a sweet guy too. every now and again when when i was a kid he would come into the room and be like because we're crazy boys no no <laughs> no he doesn't i'm just kidding oh my god that'd be amazing <laughs> if he did though no he wouldn't do can Polly we Shore. start doing that to our children <laughs> yeah. oh please do okay add that to your dad repertoire so, all of this is just in, in just a, a kind of a precursor to say that i was 10 i whenever 94 i guess i was 10 ish when this came out i saw it I liked it. We had it at our house. It seems perfect for a 10-year-old. We watched it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. So my memory of this movie is that it's good. And, I mean, for a 10-year-old, I think that's pretty pretty accurate. I mean, I could see my kid when he's 10 thinking that's a breakup movie. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is going to be... This is the case of watching it again mm -hmm. and seeing it and... You know, I can't sit here and say that it's good, but I can't sit here and say that it's bad either because my nostalgia and my enjoyment of certain parts of it are too tied up in uh, me watching it prior. What I can say is that I went into it with such a negative attitude. Yeah, you did. I was pissed off to be watching it. What was funny about a couple nights ago when we turned this on is you're like, hey, you want to watch a movie for the podcast? And I was like, sure, just put whatever you want on. And you said, <laughs> you go, whatever I want, like a sneaky little 10-year-old. I rubbed my hands together maniacally. And then I walked over and I was now. like, ah, shit, we're watching In the Army now, aren't we? Yeah. Um. So I just went in with a real bad attitude. And what I can tell you is that it was not half as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right. This there was no point in the movie where I I was just like, "Ugh, turn it <laughs> off," because that's how I felt beforehand. Right. So I was pleasantly surprised. I contained a few laughs to uh, maintain my uh, bad attitude, but then I eventually gave in and I had a I had a few chuckles. You seem to enjoy this more than you enjoyed Three Ninjas, which is kind of the best comparison of past episodes. I would say of like a movie that I like really liked that I made you watch. 
Um, and maybe I have some nostalgia memories of this that I, I can't connect to, but yeah, Three Ninjas, it does. There, I have lots of like, <laughs> watch yourself, ugh, watch yourself, God. watch yourself now. Maybe it's because like you, you've had it on with several people and I just, I just am not into that movie. Hucky <laughs> so, loves Emily though. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had a podcast about it. We did. I don't even remember the podcast. You were mad at me the whole time. Ugh, you told I me that I was wrong. I don't even want to think about it, but <laughs> let's talk about In the Army Now. I think this is a, I mean, uh, the only thing I'll j- objectively say about it is it's definitely like upper tier Pauly Shore. Like we're not talking about Biodome, jury duty level. This is better than those ones. IMDB, the reviews, all those things that he's got. It, I, I know this has wretched reviews. I know it does. I know that most Pauly Shore movies do, but I'm just saying, I don't think it's as bad as... Uh, some of his worst work. No, he's not overly obnoxious. Right. It's I, contained. He oh, really. is contained. And Andy Dick is his best friend. He is also not overly obnoxious. Not what we come to kind of expect from An- Andy Dick on screen, right? Yeah, like, I mean, really these days, the top. I hear Andy Dick and I'm like, ugh. Right. Well, people did that for Pauly Shore for a good 10 years. I think Pauly Shore was... I, I'll say this about Pauly Shore. He was smart enough to, like, once the kind of the public opinion turned on him a little bit, he was smart enough to be like, all right, well, I'll see you guys later. When <laughs> he was just like, I'm good being Pauly Shore over here. I won't bother you anymore. That was probably smart of him. So, I mean, good for him, I guess. And he's, because he doesn't seem like a guy that should be dead. I think he made a documentary where it was called, like, Pauly Shore is Dead. And it was, yeah. That was the joke. In 2002 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, because it does seem like a guy that's like, that guy's still alive? And yeah. He's doing fine. I am curious to go watch some of his other movies now, <laughs> just to see, like, w- was everybody unfairly mean to him? Well, I think during when this came out, this was still, because Encino Man was a hit, and Son-in-Law was a hit, and this was, like, right after, and I think this one did okay. So we were still, like, in this mode of, like, we think Polly Shore is a comedy star. I think he probably was not well-liked by film critics or by like old like it was you know it was like the thing that kids like that like a, t- a 13 year old could like and not uh and be a little bit edgy or whatever i i think that that was kind of where we were at it's like jackass during like our high school years or whatever a little bit i, mm-hmm. I mean I, it's hard to compare the two but that's kind of the same thinking there not like Ernest. Ernest was more definitely skewed toward younger kids oh yeah for sure that, that was you know obnoxious but funny What's toward the first little kids Ernest movie that we're gonna do <sighs> well we missed Halloween this year to do Ernest like scared that's stupid the one I remember the most and that one and Christmas one is the most I remember I don't have the Christmas one do we have Ernest scared stupid no I don't think we have any of them but once you get that fired up on uh, eBay for next uh, Halloween I'll get it before then I don't know if I could do um the Christmas one is, I think, I think we watched that one fairly recently, and I don't know. That one's pretty rough. I don't know if it might be too soon to try to rewatch that thing. All right, Tyler Wilson. It's early in the show compared to previous shows, but I'm all out of tea. Oh, wow. So it is a time for our segment, Tea Time with Tyler, where I get a spot of tea. So I'm drinking tea tonight, too. Do I also get a little bit of tea and therefore a little extra time? Sure. Yay. All right. So for tonight's Tea Time with Tyler, would you like a spot of tea? I would like a spot of tea. Speaking of accents, um, I hate it when Australian and British actors are forced to act with American accents. Well, I don't think it ever really sounds great. I think it also, like, inhibits their acting. 
because they're so focused on like I'm sounding like an American. I would rather have a line of dialogue where like, yeah, I'm an American, but you know, like I spent like my, my mom's British. I spent ten years in Britain and I came back, and so my accent's here. So I'm just talking in my normal voice, like. uh they do it for Schwarzenegger pretty much anywhere. He's like, what, how come you're, why do you, why do you live here? Like, there's usually like a line of something yeah. for him. We were, I was just watching that clip that Tracy sent us about that podcast or whatever with Eric Bana and okay. that new show that's coming out, whatever. He's got a very thick, not American accent, wherever he's from. Eric Bana is from he, Are you Australia? surprised? Something like that. I don't know. Well, New Zealand? Oh, you got to careful with that. Yeah. Well, it's just not America. And I was like, oh, you play a lot of American guys. He does. Yeah. It helped probably at first because you probably remember him from movies where he had an American accent. And you're just like, oh, that's just his voice. That's yeah. kind of like Colin Farrell did it a little bit. Can he kind of toward the beginning? But... And, but when he when Colin Farrell can just be his normal accent he's like a 10 times better actor i yeah colin farrell i love when he's doing his accent yes. i think he's just a better actor and yes because less focus on like my dialect is correct and uh, more yeah. focus on acting totally so tyler in the time it takes me to fill up my tea did you hear kids screaming do we need mm -hmm. a pause mm -hmm. do we really need a pause <sighs> okay All right, well, you didn't experience it, but Tyler was just gone for 15 minutes getting Marshall back to sleep. Welcome back, Tyler. Hi. Okay, so uh, tea time with Tyler. Are you ready? Because I've been waiting 15 minutes for my fucking tea, so. No. <laughs> You're not ready? I'm sorry you're so hostile about it. Oh, my God. It. I could it's have not been my fault. drinking it. Come on, Marshall. It's not my fault. Stay asleep. Yeah. It's only 11.15, kid. Kid. You little one-and-a-half-year-old. You son of a bitch. Ugh. Hey, <laughs> that's rude to me. I know. <laughs> okay, so Tyler, in the time it takes to fill up my tea, I need you to name as many as possible movie comedians who are less funny and more annoying than Polly Shore. They're less funny and more annoying? Uh, okay, Carrot Top. Rob Schneider. Currently Adam Sandler. <gasps> For most of his, much of his career. Um, Corky Romano, Chris Kattan. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Mike Myers, later part of his career. Oh, I'm done with mine. Okay. Would you like to continue? Uh, sure. Okay, gotta fill up yours. Oh my gosh. Um, Fred, that guy from YouTube where they made Fred the movie. <laughs> Um, who else are comedians that are not funny? Dane Cook in literally everything. Um, Norm Macdonald's not great on movies, but I love him. <gasps> Norm Macdonald? No, but I like his, but I like his movie Dirty Work. I can't so. believe you even listen to Norm Macdonald. Well, you panicking. love Norm Macdonald. I do, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, um, car the carrot top chairman of the board made me think of the Norm Macdonald bit where he was on Conan O'Brien. Oh. Yeah, so, anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, hey, but if you are one of those people that Tyler just listed, and you're just, can... like, sadly listening to our podcast, oh, it's okay. Like, it's okay. You know, we all suck sometimes. Don't feel bad. <laughs> I don't think they're listening, but... Oh, well, those comedians like, might be. You know what? Like, I think, you know, no. You know what? Carrot Top and Rob Schneider, they they don't give a shit. You want to know how we know? They've got so much fucking money. They're fine. Like, they could just be fine. Dane Cook, too. He's got so much money. What, like, ha what's happened to Dane Cook? I feel like I haven't seen him in a I while. Know, he, that tailed off. But you know what I mean? Like, you're you're fine. Like, they, who cares, right? These guys sometimes, are fine. Sometimes, um... They got money. They got more money than I do. They win, right? They're more successful. 
They are more successful, but I feel like we could talk about Kevin Smith right now, and he, if he found out, he would go online and talk some shit about us. Well, I still like a lot of Kevin Smith movies. I know, so. but I'm saying that there are famous people who still get bothered. Yeah. And by online critics, by people, and, you know, people who just uh, aren't real I, secure in their shit. Really, Kevin Smith had a heart attack. Now here you are going after him. Jeez. No, I'm. isn't he known for, like, taking the internet bait? Sometimes. I, that's, that's happened. All, that's all I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's happened. Sure. I mean, can you think of other comedians who have taken the internet bait like he has? Well, not like that, but, like, Rob Schneider got into a fight with Roger Ebert. <laughs> like, kind of. Like, not really, but, like, he... Rob Schneider, like, wrote a, a a piece in response to, like, a bad review we got for, like, Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. Mm. And then Roger Ebert wrote a thing about it. And that's the name. Like, the book I have is Your Movie Sucks. It comes from what he said, like, oh, because in the in the article he wrote in response to this critic, he's like, what makes you such a great critic? Oh, you have a Pulitzer Prize in criticism or whatever? Like, you don't know anything. So Roger Ebert was like, as it so happens, I actually do have a Pulitzer Prize in criticism and your movie sucks. <laughs> so that, that was pretty fun. Um, fun fact, yeah. I did see that movie, not the European one. The first one? Deuce, Deuce Bigelow, Bigelow, Male Gigolo, sure. with my parents. Oh my God, really? Yes. In a theater or at home? My, You know, my parents would go to the theater. So That's at home. bizarre, though. I'm pretty certain we rented it. In, in, what, in what world do my parents who you know rent that movie and watch it with their who knows how old I was at the time what the hell that's weird that's crazy town why would they rent it I don't think I ever read it too big a little male jiggle I don't know but I remember (laughs) because I I remember thinking like this is not appropriate I it's I think I was sort of excited and then I was like oh no this movie's terrible yeah I mean it's not good so yeah I don't know probably because my dad's a secret Rob Schneider fan well Rob Schneider was all we were into Adam Sandler movies there for a while. But uh, people forget this. Rob Schneider was all over the 90s. He was in movies before, like, he was in Adam Sandler movies. He I was, know. like, popping up with John. I'm thinking maybe something there was happening. There's something, yeah. Like, he, hmm. he's, he'd he been around. He'd been around the block. He was in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. All right. Well, Tyler, we're clocking in at 50 minutes almost <laughs> on the podcast, so I'm going to give you a solid three to talk about the plot of In the Army Now. Well, I wanted to, we don't have to go through everything, but I did want to kind of just comment on the 90s aspects of this, because, like, the premise is, is that Polly Shore and Andy Dick, they work at a, an AV, like a stereo store. <laughs> So that's fun, right? Because we're in the 90s. They just sell big, giant TVs and stereos. It's like a Best Buy. It's like a Best or Buy. Or Radio Shack. Sure. And uh, that's where this Crazy Boys thing is. Like, the, the big thing as a salesperson is supposed to be like, we're giving it away. We're a Crazy Boys. So that's a thing. He's got a piano key necktie in this scene. During this sequence where he's, like, they're goofing off in the back of the store, he, like... Is trying to hide from his boss, and this is like where the real broad music of in the army now is really doing like Looney Tunes like antics, like 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 it's like highly oh, dramatic, like Predator music. <laughs> Feel free to go back and listen to our Predator podcast for my hot take on the music in Predator. Right. Um, so yeah. I'm but what's you. funny is that I really, like, I've always really, like, remembered fondly, like, liking the music, like, the theme song of In the Army Now. Of course you did. Because it's... That's just so much about you. But watching it this time, I realized, like, 
it's like such a I mean it is like an army chant. You were 10. Of right. course you liked it. It's like an it's a really kind of like familiar army like sound. But what it really sounds like is just like the Indiana Jones like Raiders march only just slightly tweaked. So of course it sounds pretty good cuz it's basically a rip off of the Raiders score. At least one little part of it. So I noticed that this time I was like, oh, that's why I like this. It kind of sounds like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Of course it's good. Because <laughs> it's ripping it off. Um, but yeah, so like they, whatever, they lose their jobs because he like has his girlfriend come in to like try to cover for him and they, they do a weird thing where like they're talking. What are they doing in the back? They're like. So his girlfriend comes in, pretends to be a customer. Right. And he sells her a big TV. Right. And then they're in the back just like kind of making out and joking about it and stuff. But his dumbass Andy Dick friend is just messing around with one of the cameras and is filming them for some reason. And then some other asshole employee flips the switch to make that camera go on all the big screens. And then he's like talking about the boss and all this other stuff. Yeah. So what's funny is that it's set up because it. The memory of this movie is that Andy Dick is like always getting drugged, dragged along on this scheme of joining the Army Reserves. And that's kind of true, but it's less like what I was thinking about. Like, you know what? He has no no room to talk about this whole plan. He's the one who got them all fired in the first place for like videotaping. Like, why would you do that? That's so stupid. Why would you do that? What are you doing? But really, like, the movie doesn't do. Like, there's a lot of setup for him to kind of be that way and be against him, but it's not too bad. Like, he. He's an idiot, too, so it's like, well, you have plans, so I guess I'll just have to follow you, because you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. He does become first sergeant, though, Polly Shore, before he gets to be in charge of his squad. He does not become first sergeant. He earns it. He does not become first sergeant. He becomes a... Uh... Oh, no, not first sergeant. That's, like, the main guy. He yeah. gets to be, like, a first-class private or something like that. The next level up from being nothing uh, for the reserves. Yeah. But anyway, they decide that they're going to go to the army because they get paid... Uh, but they don't have to do anything because reserves, they don't have to go anywhere unless there's a major conflict. When was the last major conflict? World War Two, sir, says Polly Shore. Uh, and they go and they do like the whole shaving of the head scene because Polly Shore's got that beautiful lock of hair. We've got to get rid of that. And he lets out a, we'll spare you. We were going to play like the audio of him hollering. I don't think we should. You don't need to hear that, do you? I think the most fun part about that scene is the music. Isn't it like an REM song or something? Uh, it's the music and the words are literally like, get a haircut and get a real job. Yeah. Is that an R.E.M. song? Might be. Look it up. Okay. It sounds like R.E.M. to me. Google knew I was going to search that. All I, all I typed was get a hair and it filled in the rest. Because it's listening to us. George Thorogood. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. George like, Thorogood. Sure, okay. Not R.E.M., but yeah, okay. Yeah, George Thorogood. I know that sounds weird to say George Thorogood and R.E.M. sound like. I guess they don't. But to me, in my mind, sure. Oh, are you going to play it? Sure. They said my friends were just an unruly mob and I should get a haircut and get a real job. So it doesn't sound like R.E.M. Get a haircut and get a real job. In the movie, it sounds like really like lower, like not as up-tempo as that to me, but I, I guess I'm just a, a dummy. But, um... Yeah, then Polly Shore screams, but then we get to the, I think, the good stuff is when they go to, uh, Andy Dick and Polly Shore go to basic training, and he has to be, his laziness has to be faced with his, uh, look, it's the 90s, Polly Shore is, uh, you know, he doesn't, he has, he has old ideas about women. He's got old ideas about lots of stuff, so he, he's a little intimidated by his, uh, female drill sergeant. Oh, you got clips? Love mm-hmm. it. Love it. From here on out, your butt is mine. You will obey every order without question. Grunt, 
funny boy, huh? Cutie pie, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know you, but I don't even like you. And I make it my personal mission to turn you into a soldier. For the next eight weeks, I'll be all over your butt like white old rice. Is that a promise? Give me 20. Want my wallet? Drop and give me 20. Yeah, hold this. Why you better get on that ground and give me them push-ups? Ah, it's been a while. Yeah, I like the part where he he says she says he she calls him a grunt, and so then he just grunts in her face. He's right next to her face, and he goes, "Ugh." <laughs> See if you're ten. If you're ten, <laughs> that's funny. That level of comedy is right on target. But I think that my entire life, I've continued. I I you've probably noticed me like responding in certain things where I just go, "Ugh." Oh uh, well. Let me share something. I learned a few things about you from this movie. (laughs) After being with you for, what, how old are we? 16 years? Yeah, we've been together 16 years, sure. That I didn't realize were little seeds planted (laughs) when you were 10 from fucking in the army now. Maybe. (laughs) There were a few that I should have written down. I was like, oh, fuck, that's where this comes from that he does this? (laughs) The grunt. The grunt. There's a few other things that I was like, oh, lord. They get through, uh, he can't do push-ups, he does some things where he tries to get her to, like, adjust his pants. We're doing a lot of, uh, you know, 90s sexism humor here. Um, and then eventually they graduate out, he does, they do a good job, and they go to, like, their water, they're trying to go, they plan to get into water purification, because water purification is, they think, like, they're not gonna be in combat, and that's where we meet Lori Petty. Uh, she is someone who's looking to get into a real fight, and this is when women weren't allowed in combat. Are women allowed in combat now? Seems like they should be, but, you know, how things are now. feel like either that just changed, and they're now allowed, or it was very close, and it didn't go... I'll look it up. The other thing that's in this movie <laughs> that is, at one point when they do realize they are going to get sent to conflict, is that Polly Shore and Andy Dick... Polly, by the way, Polly Shore's character's name is Bones in this movie. Bones. Uh, they think that, oh, we'll just pretend that we're, uh, boyfriend, boyfriend, and they'll, that was during Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and they, the drill sergeant says, kiss him, and they would rather, you know, a little bit of gay panic, uh, humor here, where, uh, they would rather go to war than have to kiss each other. It's not so bad, it could be a more, a worse example of gay panic, but when I was watching it, I was thinking, like, oh yeah, we got rid of that lot rule, but then I had to think, like, wait, did we... Did we recently go back on that one, too? I don't know. Back in 2015, they changed it so that women can now serve in frontline ground combat positions. Is that still the case? I can't. I think so. Yeah, okay. Think but so. The, and then the don't ask, don't tell thing, that's a whole other uh, to-do. I know that there are certain people that don't. They want to go back to that. Mm-hmm. Which is dumb. So what but. did you say about the water purification? So they that's where we meet Lori Petty, who's people remember from a lot of 90s movies, but now she's came back and was on Orange is the New Black. And then David Allen Greer, who's a dentist, he's uh, here in this group, and that's who forms our core four for, like, the second half of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they are uh, water purification people, and turns out Polly Shore kind of knows what he's doing sort of yeah so in this scene the four of them are standing together their first sergeant has just taken or is about to take a drink of some water that they've worked on purifying son i've been doing this for a long time and i gotta say this is the best damn glass of purified water i ever had congratulations you keep this up and i'll be putting you in for private first class 
Thank you, Sergeant. But I could not have done it without the inspirational guidance of my brother, the Pool Man. His brother, the Pool Man, huh? It's the Leaning Tower of Chiza. That's from a Goofy Movie. Uh, I, I've been listening to him do that a lot this last couple days. <laughs> the Polly Shore voice? You, it's, Tyler? It's, it's addictive. You, when you hear it, you just want to do it. It's like when you go to the Midwest and you hear your uh, your family members talk with that Midwest accent that none of them think they have, but they do. That they get mad at when other shows are like, we don't always say you betcha. And I'm we like, I've been there. We don't say you don't do. you know. I'm like, yeah, okay, you don't okay, say don't, don't you know. know. Sure, you, sure you don't say don't you, you know. betcha. Yeah, we know you say it. You know you say it. Don't pretend. So uh yeah, you and this polish shore voice, I'm not I'm not too uh I'm not very... disappointed in separating from it. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Look. What? <laughs> what do you want from me? They get uh so they get sent. That movie clicks along. I'll give it this. Like, yeah, that movie clicks along a lot faster than this podcast has. <laughs> We've only been talking about the movie for like 10 minutes. <laughs> we didn't. We took 50 minutes to even get to this point. We hit one hour already. Oh, all right. We're an hour into the movie. But the movie clicks. The well, we're not going through plot by plot. We're just kind of talking about like some of the 90s stuff. But like, uh, I'll give it credit. It like goes from like being uh, not sure about the arm reserves to going through basic training within like five minutes through where, you know, he accidentally drops the pin or drops the grenade instead of the pin when during practice because it's Polly Shore and we have a lot of those kind of gags going on in the movie. And uh, that's done. So then we get the water purification learning. We meet those new characters. That's done. And then we're sent off to a conflict in Chad. We're, it's clicking along. There's a lot of plot that's getting pumped through this movie. We're we're moving is what I'm saying. I wish you could see my face as I'm looking at Tyler right now because I'm being a huge asshole to him. And I'm just giving him the, like, shut up face. Brendan Fraser shows up in the barracks. Or I almost lunch. missed him. Yeah. <laughs> he shows up as just, like, a soldier who makes a comment, walks off. It's, uh... His third movie with Polly Shore at this point, because they made Encino Man. Apparently, he shows up. I don't remember this. He has a little moment in Son-in-Law. Is he in Son-in-Law? I'm just going to take a little nap while you keep talking. This is this notable thing. Brendan Fraser. This is the 90s. We love Brendan Fraser. Here he is showing up in yes, this movie. Yes, we love Brendan Fraser. Yeah, well, here he is. Keep going. Showing up in the movie. What else you got to say? Then the... So then the... Uh, so we did the gay panic talk. Then the Arab... Uh, so the villains are from Libya. I thought it was interesting that, like, we weren't doing made-up country names in this movie. We were talking, like, about real country names. It's, uh, Libya is the bad, they have a bad regime. And so we get a little bit of, like, that, uh, I would say 90s depiction of Arabs in film. But, I mean, what's, honestly, what's changed? We still are pretty broad in our uh, stereotypes over there. Mm -hmm. So we got that going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so you got to get past that. They uh, get the, they get hit by a convoy. The convoy gets attacked. They get stuck in the desert. Mm -hmm. Polly Shore's got to be in charge. They get lost in the desert. Andy Dick strips down naked. That is one of my favorite lines in the movie. What's that? By the what's his name? The other guy. Which guy? The black guy. David Allen Greer. David, Famous comedian David Allen Greer. Yeah, David Allen Greer. You know him as the black guy. Congratulations. You know what? You're just a jerk. <laughs> you're telling you're you're not even you're actively not participating in the Everybody podcast. knows who listens to the podcast that I don't know anybody's name. That's so true. I it's, tried to it say goes by no race. that guy and then you were like, which guy? So you put me in that position. Well, you could <laughs> Steven <laughs> Allen Greer. Um, that is my one of my favorite lines. It's not very exciting, but he just uh they're out in the desert and Andy Dix is losing his shit and going naked because he thinks he sees an oasis and uh, he just says uh Go get your boy, because he's bugging. <laughs> I don't know. Because he's bugging. He says it like that. Because really he's funny. bugging. 
There's yeah. a, like there's a few funny bits in here. I'm uh, objectively funny. Uh, David Ironger doesn't like the scorpions because they tricked him in the they they. He's also a trick like on a highly sensitive personality. High strung. He's kind of mostly he gets freaked out. He's jumpy. He he is very sensitive about people's uh, thoughts about dentists because he's a dentist. He's kind of like the elf in uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yes. Um, but he like is afraid of scorpions and he thinks he's like a, got a scorpion on his back and he freaks out and he's like, no, there's not a scorpion on his back and he. He turns around, I was like, you're right. I'm glad you told me that. And then they turns around and there's a giant uh, scorpion. A giant. Which is an old gag, right? But I like the Polly Shore reaction where he like swats it and then like aggressively like stomps on top of it over and over again. He's like, uh, 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 uh. I like that. And it's, then it's commitment. And then his friend's all like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I just. Uh. Like, stop goofing around. It's such a dumb gag. But I, listen, I think Polly Shore. He, when contained, I think this movie contains him enough, they give him a little bit of these, like, dumb moments where it's kind of funny. He delivers on the, the dumbness. Yeah. I wonder what Roger Ebert would say. I would guess that he says that it's horrible. What would Roger say? He has a Pulitzer in criticism. He does. How many stars out of four do you think Roger Ebert gave in the Army Now in 1994. Well, you tipped me off to this a little bit, because I said initially, like, zero stars or one star, and you said it wasn't that. So, I don't know, two stars? He gave it one and a half. Okay, sure. And here is, uh, I'll just read the first paragraph of his criticism. Sure. We were about halfway into In the Army Now when I realized the movie's secret ambition. Ooh. What do you think it was, Tyler? To be a positive take on the army? Which was to be nice. Oh, okay. It's a movie about a misfit who finds himself in the army, the kind of setup that lends itself to the barbed satire of the Bill Murray movie's Stripes. Right. I was waiting for the barbs, and they weren't coming, and to my amazement, I realized the movie went, wanted basically to be an innocent, childlike adventure. I think that's pretty much, like, spot on. Right. When I read that, I was like, oh, yeah. So then he talks about blah, blah, blah. Explains why it's PG, too. Like, this is a kid's movie. Like, you kind of just realize, like, like, this was, like, they made this for kids. The last paragraph, I'll mm-hmm. close it out. Maybe the point of the Polly Shore character is that he's cool and unengaged most of the time. Bombs explode all around him, but he's laid back and doesn't let anything get to him. Instead of laughs, we get to see him having a good time. Lost in the desert, he has lines like, We are the few, the proud, the water boys. They're the water boys! <laughs> As they slog through the sand, a vulture follows them, and eventually I begin to identify with the vulture, which seemed to be hanging around in case anyone thought of any vulture jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> what I do agree with is when he says, we, um, instead of laughs, we get to see him having a good time. It is just like they're having a good time. It's kind of innocent and childlike and sweet. And it is a movie that's trying to be nice. It is. And then every now and again, like, there'll be the Lori Petty character starts talking about, like, if you get us out of here, I'm going to have dirty sex with you. And you're like, oh, well, that's not a kid line. (laughs) Well, that's odd, especially for a PG movie. Yeah, that's a little bit where it's like, oh, and I remember that part of the movie when I saw it as a kid. And I was like, oh, I don't think I should be watching this with my parents. I don't remember that. And as we were watching it, I thought, oh, okay, there's going to be a punchline here. Nope. She was just legit telling him, if you get me out of here, I will... Do dirty things to you in bed. She's the toughest, coolest character in the movie, though. But it's weird. Yeah, that's a weird part. Don't that get is wrong. weird that she wasn't just like f- just fucking with him. No, she she was like legit. We're saying supposed it. to believe that she likes Polly Shore. It's 
It's weird. Yeah. I was like, where's the punchline? Well, and then Laurie it Petty. never she came. Kinda, I mean, if you, even if you watch, even if you don't know anything about Laurie Petty, like, watch her on, is, aren't, isn't she kind of like deranged on Orange is yeah. the New Black? And so, like, having that memory, you're just like, well, yeah, okay, that character would be into Polly Shore. But I was expecting her to have a punchline on that joke. Yeah. Well, there's it, not it, a lot of, like, punchlines in the it, movie. There was no joke there. <laughs> well, it was just like, that was it. It was just like, there. it wasn't funny. As someone who likes this movie, I can still honestly say there are, are a lot of jokes in the movie with no punchlines, but, you it's know. A lot of, it's a lot of them having a good time. It's a good time hangout movie yeah. in the army. I would say this, and I think you found, didn't you, when we were watching this, you found an article. I did. About uh, how... This is like a realistic army movie? Yeah, so Francis Horton, back in 2017, great, um, titled an article called Why in the Army Now is the Most Realistic Military Movie Ever Made. Ever made. I love, listen, if nothing else, if it's him or if it's editor, that's a great headline to get me to read that article. Yeah. Because I'll be like, what, excuse me? <laughs> what does he say? Well, How is he, it? he says quite a few things. Okay. Um... He says that he thinks he's found the film, the perfect film that is the best embodiment of uh, the military. I would say maybe specifically toward reservists, because yes. it is like about kind of yes. what what might happen if you get called in to do something, I suppose. So it's not like you're an active duty person. He but... highlights a few things. Mm -hmm. um, this is me talking about them. Um, <laughs> the motivation for enlisting, money. Oh, yeah, he was making a good point about, like, how well, a lot of people will... Obviously, people sign up for serve their country, but for a lot of people, like, there's a, an attraction to the money, and that's okay. Like, it's okay to want to, like, get paid for your work, and there's a good appeal there. Yeah. And they that's what these guys are definitely doing it for. They're definitely. like, well, let's get some money. Um, and next, he talks about a realistic look at basic training. So he says the basic combat training, BCT, mm -hmm. um, Bones... That's uh, Polly Shore. Yep. And Jack, that's, uh, what's his name? Sure. <laughs> Go through, is it Fort Sill, Oklahoma? And the whole basic training sequence plays like a walk down memory lane, especially for older soldiers. There's the old style sweatsuit PT uniform, the front back goes, the cattle cars for transportation, and the open bay barracks that ensured you passed around at least three head colds during the nine weeks you spent together. Gross. The most telling detail is Jack complaining about his army issue eyewear, the ever fashionable BCGs or birth control glasses. Back in the day, every soldier with an optical prescription got a pair, and they earned their name by being attractive on literally no one. Since 2012, though, new recruits are coddled by the government. They're being issued fashionable glasses that don't make you look like an unfuckable dweeb. What next? Uniforms that are flattering to the figure? Where was this article posted? On a website on the internet. Okay. <laughs> Great. On the internet. Gotcha. On a website. Cool. <laughs> um, he talks about the agony of... Bright Bart News, no. <laughs> he talks about the agony of a Dear John letter. Okay. That's really odd. That I think I, I want to say that there are probably other films about the military that probably do a better job with a Dear John letter than this movie does. But it at least has it in there. Sure. It says, to more cynical viewers, the decision to have Bones' girlfriend dump him soon into his first deployment might seem like a, you know, a setup for a romantic relationship with Lori Petty. Sure. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> but... The deployment dump is a rite of passage for any soldier foolish enough to think he's got a long-term thing. Blah, blah, blah. Well, what about all those people that, like, 
everybody, literally everybody we know that's in the military where they have a spouse at home that are perfectly together. Um, I think I could name a few people well, in the sure. military who got dumped while they were in deployment. Okay, I know that. I'm just saying, like, there are probably other versions of this that, but I, I can't, I can't believe I'm the one that's poking holes and in the army now. I like it. <laughs> the active duty soldiers are kind of dicks. They are. To the reservists, that is a big thing later. Like, they don't like the, they don't like the input or the skill level first of all which i would they are being dicks let's be clear yeah because they're water purification they're not yeah. there to fight so like why would you be dicks to them they're helping you get your water and they're not gonna be like the tough guys that are gonna like go shooting that's not their gig like that's not what they're there for like respect their job at least mm-hmm. you know what i mean i thought that was yeah mm-hmm. let's see what turns out in the movie is that those guys are the ones that get attacked offhand they make a remark about all of them getting killed except for one of them like just gloss that over the main guy that was a dick and then the water purification people have to go and fulfill that they have to go mark and this is more 90s stuff for you they have to go mark an enemy base with chemical weapons with a giant laser yeah because we don't i mean nowadays that was sort of in was that in uh the eye movie Maybe. I mean, it's not like There's, it's that it's old. It's not that old of It's technology. not that outdated, but I'm just talking about, like, now. Like, you don't... I mean, everything's on Google. You can watch yeah, we just beep, boop, beep, boop that right in. You don't need a guy on the, the ground, a laser or something so like So this, this internet anymore. article finishes up with, uh, uh, I know, it's Polly Shore. You may not like his voice or his comedy or his mere presence in the world, but three months into a deployment, it's nice to have a goofy dude like that around. A walking bit of comic relief who's just trying to make the best of a bad situation. It sure beats hanging around the sergeant who just got dumped by his second wife. Yeah. So there you go. Listen. The internet I, says. The, <laughs> I don't, I think personally the movie is is a pro uh, Army Reserve movie. Like I could see some teen, some teenage guys, some college age guys who like, Kind of see it as even a motivator to like, yeah, I could do, like, I could go in the, like, I could serve my country, get a little money and do it if that Polly Shore can do it. Mm-hmm. I think that was the intention of the movie. Like, look, we can show Polly Shore being successful in the army. People will come. People will be yeah, recruited. It doesn't bash on it at, at all. all. No. And it, they end up being yeah. successful. It, as Roger Eber says, it's a very nice movie. <laughs> it is a nice movie. And it's a kid's movie. Man, it just makes sense now. <laughs> you just start putting it together. It's PG. There's no, like, harsh jokes. <laughs> oh, God, I'm joking on my teeth. <laughs> oh, my God. So we didn't talk about uh, the the best part of the movie, which is the hilarious bit at the end, where they are having to... The laser painting hasn't worked. The, the missiles have missed. They're trying to hit the base. They've got a stock up. They got a, a deployment of uh, bo- dune buggies and bazookas. He's got two bazookas. He gets ready to shoot that first bazooka, and they get fired on, and his bazooka flips backwards without him realizing it. And what happens? Just keep playing it, baby. So <laughs> suck on this one time, and he shoots the bazooka backwards, and he blows up. Uh, I don't know something, and then yeah. Uh, let's talk about the clip I was just playing. I was looking for <laughs> Tyler's favorite uh, quotes from the movie. Suck on this one time. I found this badass clip. Do you, what, <laughs> friends? Would you like to know how long this uh, YouTube video is? I oh, don't... oh, it's one hour long of just that clip, over <laughs> and over and over. And I swear to God. 
to whatever god you pray to that I did not make this video, although I wish I did, because so, I would. So shout out to Hellas 7 on YouTube, published in 2012. Thank you. You're doing God's work by putting that online and letting it just repeat. It's kind of like the thing where I used to work in an office, and whenever I was feeling like I needed to get a little release, I would turn my speakers up on my computer and play on repeat the Price is Right loser horn until someone told me to stop playing it. Because someone on the internet gloriously put a loop of that song on the internet. Thank you for that person. I was just scrolling through this uh, user's videos to see if there were any other gems. Great. Are there anything good besides suck on this a one time? There's some videos of some personal concerts that this guy's gone to. <laughs> or a girl. Could be a girl. Could be a girl. What well, concerts have they gone to? Uh, Flight of the Concords. Ooh, that's cool. Good for them. Uh, Ramshackle. Okay. Don't know what that I've is. I've heard of them, but I don't know what it is. Uh, several videos for Aerosmith. Oh, really? They're Aerosmith? And then Wolfmother. Okay, sure. And that's it. Wow. So they have 17 subscribers. Good for them. They probably have more subscribers than we do. Uh, um, well, they def- <laughs> they, first of all, yes, they, they definitely do. Um, <laughs> but man, I love that video they made. Yeah, just one hour of that clip over and over do and over. Do they have a video, if they're Aerosmith fans, do they have like the music video for I Don't Want to Miss a Thing on loop for like two hours? Question, should we do that for our podcast? Just find the coolest, cl- the coolest quotes like that and then put them on hour-long loops? I don't know, but I like how you just admitted that that is a cool line. Suck on this a one time by Polly Shore no, in I the movie. Not. in the army now you just said that you said let's get a cool clips and clip repeat yeah let's loop. get a cool clip not like let's use that cool clip like his grunt or we're a crazy boys how about that one you want to talk about the camel because the camel has more uh, I don't. character development than uh any of the arab characters in the movie i sure don't <laughs> there's a camel because by god if this episode goes longer than this fucking movie <laughs> i'm gonna be disappointed in us but i do want to say about the camel is that they make the set of the camel to be like his friend (laughs) because they have to get a camel no but one funny part of it is that there's a part where he has to say goodbye to the camel and it's supposed to be like him trying to be nice to the camel because the camel comes back and saves him later right because this is that that's what this movie is all right camel saves him but the camel like he's trying to like kiss the camel and the camel wants so nothing to do with Bali Shore. He will not even like he keeps turning away. Like later in the movie they get the camel to like lick him, but like in this particular scene, it's like that camel's not going to come back and help you. He can't wait to get away from you, Bali yeah. Shore. That he camel don't give a fuck. He doesn't want you mm-hmm. at all. There's a camel toe joke in this movie because of course there is. That's another one of those where you're just like when I was 10 I didn't know what they were talking about. Did you know what they were talking about when they were 10? I don't know if I'm just asking you not if you remember this joke when you were 10 years old, like in this movie, but did you know about like camel toe as a thing when you were 10? Like kids talking about it? Um, what grade were we in? I don't know. This age is 10. all, this is all going to come clear to me now. Okay. What, how, what grade are you in an age? In eight, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So between third and fifth grade, mm-hmm. camel toe was a phrase that was used on the playground. And there was a group of boys that were like, ha, 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 camel toe. And we couldn't figure out what it meant. Really? We were trying, and this was, we couldn't look it up on the internet. We couldn't ask our parents. We knew it was bad. There was no urban dictionary in print form. Clearly, they had fucking seen this movie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we're like, camel toe, ha, ha, ha. Or some other movie that probably had it in there. I know, but the timing now is starting to all come together. Right. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Well, there you go. I think I learned about camel toe around age 10. Sure. I, well, yeah, I don't, I just, there's no way that that joke, cause it's not, they're not like saying, it's like a hint at what, like I can't, anyway, why are we talking about this? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie, you know, 
a lot of people would say like Stripes is the best comedy, and I love uh, about you know like Army comedy or whatever. And look, I love Bill Murray, I love Harold Ramis, but in the Army now. Oh Jesus! I was ten. I saw it. I didn't see Stripes then. I yeah, saw this sure. movie first. It's not. Don't blame me for seeing in the Army now first. It's just what I. It's I was that age. I wasn't. Didn't grow up. I wasn't old enough in the eighties to see Stripes or whenever that came out. I may not even been born. When? What year was Stripes? That might even be pre-birth. Can I be really honest with you? Sure. I feel like after this podcast, I like this movie less because we <laughs> you forced me to now talk about it than when I finished watching it a that couple nights ago. That is the whole point ago. of the... We watch a movie and then we talk about it. What? It, and you keep saying, like, our episodes long. We didn't even get to the movie until, like... I talked about my dad liking it, which you enjoyed. Remember when you enjoyed that part where I said that he likes Polly Shore movies? Maybe it's because you keep using a Polly Shore voice and I want to throat punch you I haven't you done it in, time. like, at least five minutes. You were sort of doing it with everything you say. Oh, because I'm so used to it now. See, even your O was like a Polly Shore O. It's like when I go to the Midwest, I start picking up like that yes. accent. I watch well, a Polly Shore movie. Well, your Adam's now... apple's about to hurt because I'm going to punch you in it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's not my fault. It's just I'm a I'm a natural imitator. I'm a I, I'm a I'm a I'm a I got a good ear for culture and people, and so I'm listening and I hear uh, the crazy talk. I fucking hate you. <laughs> Listen. In the army now, you love it, but we're probably done talking about it, right? <laughs> like we're good. I don't know what I'm more mad about. <laughs> okay. One that you made me watch this. You thought it was fine. You laughed. Two that you made me record a podcast about. You it. watched it. You were enjoying it. You were Three, awake. You didn't even stay through Miami Connection, but you watched you, this. That you spent money purchasing this. Under Today, $3. Like, this year. I'm proud of that purchase. I would have paid $6 for it. I would have doubled the price, and I would have uh, been okay with or it. Or four, that this is our um, celebration of Veterans Day. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Well, what are we going to do? We can't, This podcast, tone, tonally, we're not ready tonally? to do... Tonally? Like, tone, like, for the tone of our podcast, we're not exactly ready to discuss Saving Private Ryan with serious tones. We're not going to do that movie. So, you know... <laughs> I suppose we could have just not done anything related. <laughs> Sometimes if you can't say anything nice, you just don't say anything It's a at positive... All. It's not... We're not... We haven't said anything negative about the... I love people in the military. I love the military. And this movie is a positive uh, statement on it. I mean, why... There's nothing we've done is inappropriate. If you are a veteran listening to this podcast, thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you. Interrupted by your goddamn phone, Tyler. <laughs> it's a, look what it says. It's a notification. It says, publish podcast. Oh, you put this... Look, you, it says your name on here. You put this on my phone. Put your phone you on goddamn silent during the you, podcast. You did this. So let me repeat you myself to all the veterans out there. Seriously, from Old Millennials Remember Movies, we thank you for your service and we celebrate you and your friends and family and appreciate all that you have done. And hopefully you are a better soldier than Polly Shore. Sure. And if you're not, you know, that's okay. Sometimes <laughs> we all suck sometimes. You, gotta, you know, not everybody's going to be like uh, G.I. Joe out there. That's, that's fine. right. Any final words from you, Tyler no. Wilson? Well, by the time we post it, it'll be like a few days after Veterans Day. But that's okay. We can celebrate veterans on more than just a day, of course. That's true. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm glad we had this talk about in the Army now. I would have, uh, I'm just saying, like, if this was a five, if this was in the Walmart $5 bin in college, I would have bought it twice. Uh, one for me and one for a gift. So don't tell me if $3 wasn't enough to spend, was too much to spend on it. Number one. Number two, you enjoyed watching this movie. You fucking watched it. You enjoyed it. 
All right. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, uh, check out our website, oldmillennialsremember.com. And go follow us on Facebook and leave us a comment. Um, Let us know what kinds of movies you want us to do next. Share what you're liking. And uh, we will talk at you another movie. We probably won't do another Polly Shore for a while. Jesus Christ. (laughs) When I do that closing, that means we're done. Okay, do it again. Just cut that part out. Now, if I can get Tyler to shut up. You shut up. We will talk at you another movie. You just can't contain it, can you? (laughs)